Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Thank you so much for the kind birthday wishes in all of the chats. I sincerely appreciate it, guys. Today, we are going to be discussing, among other things, the impending October surprise for Joe Biden. Apparently, this is going to be a career killer, as if everything we've learned up until this point shouldn't have been already. But, you know, depends on how things come out. We'll have to keep our eyes on that one. October is fast approaching, and of course, the political powers that be love to surprise people running for office. I'm also joined today by my good friend Scott Adam from Maui. He's going to be giving us an update on the humanitarian efforts that are taking place there and, of course, the general situation in Lahaina. And uh, I personally will have a couple of additions and corrections to statements I've made over the past week. It happens when you go live. You end up saying something that you don't even realize. So if you wouldn't mind... Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you help me out by sharing the show. It sincerely, sincerely helps out the channel. I don't know how the algorithm works over there at Rumble, but something tells me that if you hit that like button and then you share the show out on your social media feeds, people are more likely to see the program. So sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and I'll be right back after this with Scott Adams. Bitcoin ETF is all the rage right now, and that's because a major financial player is just now resubmitting their application for a Bitcoin ETF. So as a result, investors are thinking this is just over the horizon. Mainstream adoption is right around the corner. Now, add to that, lawmakers recently voted to set guidelines on just when and how crypto firms should register with either the Commodities Futures Trading Commission or the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, while all of this is good news, an ETF only gives you exposure to crypto, not direct ownership. The whole point of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is to directly own an asset with a finite supply that is outside of any government influence. And my digital money can help you do that. With my digital money, you own your crypto, whether you invest in a crypto IRA or with a standard trading account. Now, remember, it's important to diversify your portfolio. And when it comes to a crypto investment, direct ownership is of the utmost importance. So don't get caught up in the excitement the media is trying to spin because nothing beats owning your own crypto and nothing beats investing in crypto through my digital money. Not only are you able to invest with them using a crypto IRA, but also a standard trading account, and it's all in the same platform. You also have the assurance that your assets are going to be put into a trust. That means that no matter what happens to my digital money, your crypto is always safe. So if you're ready to invest in cryptocurrency, do so with MyDigitalMoney.com. Once again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. The link is in the description box below. And I should also tell you they have excellent U.S.-based customer service. So feel free to give them a call with any questions you might have at 833-636-2008. Invest with MyDigitalMoney.com today. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good evening. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And please join me in welcoming my returning guest, good friend and Maui resident, Scott Adam. And Scott, I just realized what shirt you're wearing. I I didn't choose that one this morning, but I very easily could have. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, You know, you turned me on to these guys a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, I've fallen in love ever since. So, Um, but thanks for thanks for having me on, sir. And uh, happy birthday. 
Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, so let's let's get right into it. So first of all, uh, man, Cliff, I took me to task on Twitter. Apparently, I called the fires in Maui uh, forest fires on accident the other day. Uh, I was just, you know, kind of talking. John and I were on air and and I wanted to uh, get some some information on the fly about the melting point of metals, because this has been a huge part of the conversation. You've got all these vehicles uh, that have, uh, you know, their engine blocks are melted, uh, their rims are melted. And so, you know, what I found was that the melting point of aluminum was something like 1200 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, Cliff said, uh, because he's actually got experience with this stuff and actually fighting fires, uh, that in order to actually melt an aluminum block, you got to get that fire up to 3000 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, the reason the um, uh, specification between a forest fire and like a, a wildfire grassland fire is so important is because in a forest fire, because you've got all of that material, you've got temperatures between 3,000 and 10,000 degrees. But with a grassland fire, you're only talking about 900 degrees. Now, no matter what you say, how you slice it, a temperature of 900 degrees is not enough to melt copper. It's not enough to melt steel. It's not enough to melt aluminum blocks. It's certainly not enough to melt the rims. However, and it's not even enough to melt glass, Scott. So what we see with these melted vehicles uh, and so many other anomalies, I saw another video of a, a person who lives in Lahaina. They live in that one little section that didn't burn. It was like everything around them burned. But there there was some really strange anomalies about the fires around their house. Uh, for an example, he has a garage door with a pad on it, okay? So it's got a thing that flips up. Only that, like, flip-up piece was melted. It was charred. It, it was like somebody, like, held a blowtorch on that, but then nothing on his house burned. His neighbor across the street, their, their uh, uh, trash can appeared to catch on fire. And it almost looked like maybe their AC unit caught on fire. And so I wanted to see if you had had any conversations with people in the last couple of weeks since you were last on, and if people have been able to make any sense out of this stuff, because it just doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I've been hearing. I mean, most of the things and the people I've talked to, the things don't make sense at all. Um you know, there, like you were saying, there, there's pieces that are, are burnt or melted that were nowhere near anything else that was burning. And somehow, um, you know, the, that burned down. There's a company that that I work with uh, that has a property in Lahaina and everything around that property burned except for the property and the office building. But everything else was like the parking lot looked like it was uh, like someone had just uh, raked the grass, you know, there was no debris, the parking lot was completely fine, all the trees in the parking lot were fine. Um, and it's just there, it doesn't make nothing make us any sense. There's so many anomalies, um, just just things that are, are just unexplainable um, that are that are up there. I mean, there was a car um, that's up um, on the uh, on the poly on the, 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 the main road that goes through the bypass. Yep. Uh, that was completely melted down and there was no, it was just in a dirt parking lot. There was no grass even within like four or five feet of it. I saw that. Uh, but the car itself was completely melted down. Yeah, I think those guys did a, a focus on that. And there's a few different vehicles like that around the area that were outside of the burn zone that were completely, uh, completely melted down. You know, the blocks melted, the gas tanks melted, the rims melted. Um, 
I mean, none of it really makes any sense, honestly. No, no, it certainly doesn't. Um, and uh, h- how about uh, the the efforts to locate the dead? Uh, ha- have you heard any news? I mean, I haven't seen any official figures coming out. It's almost like they they announced that first like 115 people that or maybe 135 that they could specifically say, we know these people are deceased. Uh, and then they put up that privacy fence and they shut down all communication. Uh, nobody's hearing anything. Have you, have you seen or heard any official figures? Um, no, I mean, this, the, the official figures are, are, are the 115 that everybody's heard. And then they released the 380 some people missing. However, um, you know, since that privacy fence went up, they also grounded all drones. Uh, they've made the entire area, no fly zone. So helicopters cannot even fly in there and film any longer. Uh, as well as put out um, multiple letters uh, calling for a full media blackout in that area. Um, You know, the, the, the information that has been coming out is just, it's just gone dry. Um, And we're not getting any real true answers from, um, from the administration and any, anybody officially. Um, Apparently the, uh, the search, the search and rescue and recovery mission is coming to an end uh, within the next 24 hours. Um, Mm -hmm. There's multiple uh, different, like the FBI apparently brought in some special uh, equipment currently uh, that they're going to, to use to, to find um, people's, uh, you know, I, identifying um, uh, items that might be still in the fire or in, in the water. And they also brought in a special Navy dive team. Uh, But, you know, we're not getting any real, uh, any real results. And, and the, the DOE last week, uh, they released this information that only about a thousand out of the, the 3000 and one students have actually been accounted for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's so many questions. Like, first of all, where are all the where are the irate parents? Why aren't we hearing their voices? Um, you know, what is really going on? Give us some answers. And yet, at the same time, um, the, these people just continue to keep, uh, you know, crickets. It's just absolute crickets. Yeah. Uh, what about the distribution of, uh, you know, supplies, goods to people? I mean, has that been cleared up at all? I mean, is FEMA still blocking people from coming in with humanitarian efforts? No, I mean, since they put the fencing up, all the roads are open now up up they're They're completely clear until 10 p.m. at night. And then it's just residents uh, that have to check ID to get onto the west side. Um, but no, the supply supplies, uh, have been, has been flowing pretty smoothly now. Um, honestly, the, personally, I have not seen much, um, much actual presence from FEMA or, or Red Cross. It's, it's literally been, uh, mostly, um, you know, local grassroots folks that have been running the supply hubs. Um, and then local churches, uh, like, uh, Calvary Central Maui, where I'm, that I have been and Calvary South Maui uh, have been starting these individual programs where they have individual, they take care of individual families needs. Um, you know, family fills out what they need, what, you know, what their, their requirements are and that we develop a relationship with them and get them uh, exactly what, what they need um, depending on, on, on what's going on. But yeah, I mean, things have definitely freed up when it comes to that. Uh, but we do see some really interesting um, interesting things when it comes to um, the uh, 
the just the 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 aid on the ground and um the 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 help being uh brought to uh these families um when it comes to information about insurance claims and and recovery process you know it's it's still still ghost town uh, you know when it comes to that kind of information right now um, yesterday or the day before, I uh, was playing some videos uh, from a local guy there by the name of Jeff Cygnus, and he had reported seeing police presence, but they weren't Maui police. They weren't Hawaii police. He said that they were driving um, foreign vehicles like Nissans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have any information about that, about who that could be? I mean, I, the only thing that I could think was maybe a private security company, but that just seems kind of odd for FEMA to bring in, a, a you know, a out-of-town cops or or even private security. Yeah, I, we we don't know who they are. We definitely have seen the presence around the island, not just in Lahaina. Um, there's these uh, these cars that are are not, are not familiar to us uh, with with folks in in some type of uniform that is on an island. I'm not completely sure who what agency they they belong to, um, but they're definitely lining the the road all the way up uh, through Lahaina. Um, and anytime anyone pulls over, slows down on the side of the road, uh, they're immediately um, approached by these folks. Um, but yeah, they're, they're Nissans, they're um, Toyotas, uh, they're, they're, they're cars that you wouldn't normally see as, as police vehicles. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some really strange things happening around here. Um, and, you know, being on island right now, it's really kind of creepy as a matter of fact, like because the, the tourism has kind of, kind of died and everything's empty. Like I went, we went to Costco on Saturday for, for the first time in a little while. And usually Costco here on Maui is one of the busiest places, like busiest Costco's in the nation. This place is always packed. The lines are always full, um, you know, and there was no lines, um, you know, maybe, 25 30 people in the costco um gas lines no lines for the gas stations like it's 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 really kind of creepy right now and um i i there's so many questions unanswered and and so many things that just make you go hmm like what is what is really going on here right Well, you know, I think that you brought up a very important point because a viewer had sent me an email and said, you know, hey, you know, because initially I had said I I wouldn't feel comfortable going to Maui on a vacation. Not right now. You know, I mean, it just felt unseemly to me. And I don't mean to tell anybody not to go to Maui. It's a big island. There is a a lot of stuff to do there. Not in Lahaina. I mean, you can pretty much go, uh, you know, 90 percent of the island is still open. But Four out of every five dollars that is spent in Maui is due to tourism dollars. So it's almost at this point that we need people to go to Maui. I mean, people need to go there so that they can continue to keep that industry going. But even more than that, I think that it's a tremendous opportunity for people to engage in humanitarian work. You know, I mean, like I used to work for I was I was in AmeriCorps and I worked with Habitat for Humanity uh, when I was in college. And so, you know, I built like seven or eight houses from the ground up. And uh, there is a lot of good work that can be done when people come together uh, and, you know, start helping each other. And I, I think that, you know, there's no place in the world more deserving than Maui at this point, you know, other than perhaps northwestern Florida, which we just got hit by a hurricane. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, you know, that's the thing that's happening here is, um, you know, we're we're in the second uh, disaster, and that's the economic disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many people still need to pay their mortgages, still need to pay their rents, um, still have to, uh, to, to keep employees uh, paid so that um, we have a, a workforce here when tourism does come back that that can still still provide the, the services and, and help everyone enjoy their, their vacation and, and survive on this island. Um, and so, you know, without, without having people here, it's, uh, it's definitely a really, really difficult situation. And any help that's been given right now is, you know, obviously given to the, the fire victims, those who, who have lost everything. And so, you know, everybody else who's out of work and can't pay their bills, you know, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a restrange catch 22 situation. Um, but it's a, as you were saying, it's a great opportunity to come here and, um, you know, get away, come to Maui, but also assist the community because that's, that's one of the, the, the things that I think we've, as, as this culture, this American culture for a very long time has, uh, has been a, a taking culture in some ways when, especially when on vacation yeah. and, um, you know, now's the opportunity to flip that script and really kind of come back with a giving nature to your purposeful travel, you know, and um, you can come and relax, but also give back to to those in need in in the the place that you like to to enjoy. So. I, I mean, I think I, they, they, there is a term disaster tourism, but I think it doesn't necessarily apply here, but it's kind of within the same wheelhouse. I mean, I think there's a great opportunity for people who could organize trips such as this. You know, you, you come to Maui for vacation, but you set aside four hours per day or whatever it is to help with whatever relief efforts are needed, whether it's helping to deliver supplies or, or helping to, you know, clean up or help people rebuild. I mean, at a certain point, it, it's going to go beyond the search and rescue mission, and it's going to have to be, uh, you know, complete and total rebuild. I, I mean, I, I I pray for the people of this area uh, because, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, the the residents, I mean, people are getting evicted. Landlords are using this as an opportunity to sell their land. Uh, the government of Hawaii is looking at uh, appropriating some of this land. Oddly enough, we had that emergency declaration prepared by uh, Governor Josh Green before there was even an emergency. I think that's the first time in history that's ever happened. So, uh, you know, we, we I, th- I think that there is somebody out there who could specifically put together a package for people to come uh, so that they can enjoy themselves, but then also help out while they're there in some sort of structured fashion. I just, I think that that would be awesome if somebody could do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and there's another great opportunity, and this is something I've been talking about with a few friends uh, for, for those out there, um, you know, who are are, our digital warriors, our keyboard warriors to to do research for us too. Um, You know, uh, we need to find out more about this uh this mr uh uh chief of police gentleman who's also oh, yeah. the coroner um you know he uh wait he's the coroner <laughs> Pelletier. too yep he's oh. he's the chief of police and the coroner oh, which wow. we actually there was a bill put into place to make that illegal uh last year i want to say it was but yet it's still he's still the coroner for some reason as well as the chief of police, and uh, wow. and you know obviously about his uh, his past in Vegas. Oh yeah. Um, and so there's there's a lot of questions around around him, um, around uh, Mr. Uh, Richard Bisson, who's the mayor, and around Mr. Josh Green. Um, just yesterday, um, you know, we had a a, a, a court that actually um, 
gave across a uh, a verdict, uh, which there's a, been a massive level of political uh, corruption and um, and and bribery that's been going on with inside the Maui government. And as of yesterday, uh, three of uh, ex officials of um, of the Maui County, uh, you know, uh, county. Uh, uh, you know, positions of three officials, and, and as well as uh, one of the the largest Democratic donors, uh, Martin Choi, uh, all were sentenced to three years in prison for oh, wow. for bribery and uh, you know and, and different uh, um, scandals. Uh, so, you know, that, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg about what's really going on here in Maui County, and and it, it doesn't just limit to Maui County; it's all of Hawaii and. Um, you know, we need some people to dig into that uh, as well. I mean, we we're, we've been digging into it for years, but uh, you know, I know there's some more talented uh, uh, you know diggers out there than than just me and uh, our team. So. Well, so Scott, you're on Rumble. Scott Adam, Liberty Rises. Uh, what's the easiest way for people to find you? I know you're also on Twitter. I've got that on screen. It's at Adam underscore Hawaii. But how else can people get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, they can uh, email me at libertyarise at protonmail.com. Um, and almost every platform, it's, uh, it's, it's Liberty Arise or Liberty Arise Media. Okay. All right. Well, uh, please, if you guys are interested in helping out, get a hold of Scott because he's got uh, you know direct connection to the people that are doing this work. I want to thank you very much and uh, appreciate you joining me today. And thank you very much for the birthday wishes. Absolutely, sir. And I hope you hope you enjoy the day. And uh, you and Lisa take some time together. And uh, I look forward to uh, coming to to join you again at some point. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, brother. All right. God bless you, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you, too, sir. All right. Peace. All All right. Thank you so much to Scott for joining me for that quick update. I I wanted to make sure that we got some of that um, out there for everyone. Let me just, you know, before we get too far along and uh, there isn't enough time in the show, let me just give a couple of quick thank yous. First of all, to Bearable, who says, happy birthday, Zach. And then also Sammy Q Patriot. Good to see you, Sammy. Happy birthday, Zach. I'm so proud of you, buddy. God bless you. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody else in the chat. There is so many people giving birthday wishes. Also over here on Pilled.net. Make sure that you are also a member on Pilled.net. Leanne63 says, happy birthday, Zach. You're the best. LKW Cross says, I'm celebrating your birthday. Happy birthday. Daisy Chain says, much love and cheers, Zach. Ohio Kimmy, good to see you, Kimmy. Uh, dropped a cookie. Doug Simey says, happy birthday, RP78. FilterDog1 actually has a link to a website which you can use to help the residents of Maui. It's hawaiicommunityfoundation.org forward slash Maui dash strong. I'm going to go ahead and put that into both of the chats. So you guys can check that out. We'll pull it up on screen, too. Uh, D Patriot 1776 says, cheers. Happy birthday, Zach. Just Duckies, thank you for the cookie. And Filter Dog One says, glad you had Scott on. Yeah, I'm glad that we had Scott on, too. I think that, uh, obviously, this is a subject that I, I don't want to lose sight of. Uh, I want everybody to keep this uh, fresh in your mind because what was done to the people of Lahaina and to the greater Maui community at large uh, was simply a travesty. Um So speaking of travesties, we had uh, a bit of a tussle down here in Florida. You may be aware that Hurricane Idalia just passed through, actually went north into Valdosta, Georgia. And there are some projections that show it turning around and coming back towards the mainland. If that happens, we're likely going to be directly in its path. But I tend to think that that is... um, 
maybe a bit of a stretch. Uh, so just continue to keep everyone down here in your prayers. My family is all okay. I'm very, very happy to report there was uh, a couple of them that I was worried were going to be really in the midst of getting the worst of it. Also, uh, my friend Matt1776 and his family, they were uh, they were fine too. They got out safely. Um, but some people were unable to get out safely. And uh, we don't know if this particular incident has had a uh, negative effect uh, or led to people losing their lives. But it was just announced a couple of days before the hurricane hit uh, that sit-go stations down here in Florida, 17 of them specifically, had contamination of their unleaded gasoline. Somehow, whoever was delivering this gasoline was actually pumping diesel fuel into the regular gas tank, which those are kept underground. Uh, And, you know, you wouldn't know it until you put the diesel fuel in your car and then a couple of miles down the road, it breaks down and you're unable to drive. So the fear, of course, was that some people were going to need to evacuate and they would have been unable to. I don't know if you guys have heard any. Oh, hey, thank you, Scott. Good to see you, buddy. Um, I don't know if uh, if you guys have any uh, stories of your own or if you know family, friends, people who tried to evacuate and were unable to. Uh, but this could have gone really, really badly. And I, I think that what we're dealing with here uh, is an element of uh, predetermination, right? You know, I, it's clear they have the ability to manipulate the weather. They are making dramatic weather events and then attempting to blame it on uh, climate change. You know, I mean, weather events happen regardless. But in the same way that the wildfire in uh, Lahaina was not natural, um, I I believe that much of what we see down here is not natural. Certainly, I think that the sabotaging of gasoline for people's cars uh, was uh, not natural. That definitely happened on purpose. Um, So Idalia made landfall as a Category 3 storm. Uh, It uh, reduced in intensity just a little bit as it got here. Uh, But here is uh, one of the projections, and actually we're just going to jump into Twitter here so we can see it. Uh, and uh, it uh, it kind of hung around in the Gulf for a while before finally making landfall, and when it did, uh, it's made its way across the northwestern portion of Florida. Uh, the uh, far end of the panhandle seems to have uh, gotten missed. What's good about the location that it hit is this is largely the most uninhabited area of the state, uh, but there were still areas where people lived uh, that got hit really, really hard. Uh, this is uh, Dark Island in Steinahatchee, Taylor County, Florida. You can see, uh, obviously, it is completely underwater. The uh, storm surge pushed up, and we had some really dramatic effects. Um, one of the worst hit places was Perry, Florida. Uh, you can see here the wind completely blew in the front windows of this T-Mobile store. Uh, this Dollar General or Dollar Tree had its uh, uh, fascia ripped off. This McDonald's sign, I mean, what we're seeing in, in uh, specifically in Perry, I mean, it looked like a tornado went through the area. Uh, you can see here a, a lot of damage uh, from trees coming down as well. Uh, here is uh, an, another uh, little video from Valdosta in Georgia. You can see 
still, you know, after going all the way through Florida, making its way into Georgia, it was still a very, very powerful storm. It was a hurricane, uh, even though it uh, had uh, plenty of time to kind of mellow out over landfall. Now, this is a video of Horseshoe Beach, Florida, from around 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, This shows the water coming in. Uh, and uh, I think it takes out this camera, if I'm not mistaken. I've got at least one video which shows the camera being completely taken out. That, my friends, is a building. That's the roof of a building. Looks like a pavilion, Uh, and uh, the water has completely covered it up. Uh, Now, here is another view. This is from, ah, this is Horseshoe Beach, and this is where the waves take the camera out. You can see that, boom, and she's done. And that's it. EJM Jensen says, Zach, tell me the name brand of your Hawaiian shirts. Retro Rifle. You can go to retro-rifle.com and uh, they... Yes, you you can purchase them there. If you can't find something you're looking for in there, you might be able to find one on eBay. Uh, this is also Horseshoe Beach, and this is a quick time lapse showing what the uh, what the land looked like before it was completely submerged underwater. And you can just see this is a dramatic, dramatic rise, many feet of water. I heard it was uh, 16 feet in some places. Uh, this is Cedar Key, and Cedar Key uh, we spoke about briefly yesterday, but you can see the water just rolling in and completely covering the landscape. Samantha321 says, happy birthday, Zach. Glad you made it through your manly surgery. I'm glad I made it through too. Uh, Here you can see the water flowing down the street. Uh, Luckily, it looks like some of these houses are on stilts perhaps, or at least raised off the ground uh, in anticipation of some of that. Uh, here is that uh, devastation from another angle uh, in Perry, Florida, uh, where, uh, from what I understand, they got hit the worst. Uh, this, uh, there's this other dramatic video I, I found. I don't know if I have it here, but it shows the moment the eye of the hurricane comes through. Like it looks like this, and then all of a sudden, it's just clear, uh, bright. Ah, uh, now this is uh, time lapse footage of. The water coming into Steinhatchee, Florida, early this morning. I want you to take a look at this because uh, it's quite stunning to see that water coming in from the bay, just pouring over. You've got a trash can that floats down the street. It just gets higher and higher and higher, just continues. Scary stuff, scary stuff. So uh, I sincerely hope that uh, anybody who watches the show uh, who was in the path of this hurricane was able to keep themselves and their uh, family and their possessions safe. Uh, This is uh, from near – this is from Fish Creek, Florida, and uh, this is another sort of time lapse. Here's where it starts. You've got grassland. You've got a road. The camera now uh, shows the entire landscape being covered with with water. Uh, and before you know it, all vegetation is completely under the waves. And uh, the ocean and the land are essentially one at that point. This is a video that Lisa had shown me yesterday, which I just thought was kind of cool. This is a plane flying through a storm. 
Uh, they, I guess they had to move this plane because it was going to be bad there and they didn't want to keep it parked. But when planes fly through storms, uh, the front of the plane, because of the static electricity, gets electrified and you'll get this uh, really cool lightning effect on there. And uh, I just thought that was kind of neat. So I wanted to show you guys that. Uh, Deep Patriot says, cheers. Happy birthday, Zach. Just duckies. Thank you for the cookie. Uh, let's see. Oh, some drunk Texan. Thanks for the cookie. Carenza says, we dodged a bullet. On that gas from Sitco, uh, you have to see hurricane dates, though. Always 829, and Ian was 928. Hmm. Wow, okay. I didn't even think of that. Uh, Carenza said the road is completely destroyed on Siesta Key near Blind Pass. Gone. Yeah, I, I saw – I had some video, I thought, of Siesta Key actually getting hit as well. But unfortunately, uh, it looks like I didn't. Well, uh, listen, guys, uh, before we continue on, I just want to – Give a brief shout out to the sponsors of the second half of the program. Uh, First of all, my friends at C60 Evo, and you can get to their website by going to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. When you use code REDPILL78, you'll save an additional 10% off of your order. When you purchase in a bundle, you'll get a really good deal, and then you can get even more money off. You can also sign up for subscriptions. But if you didn't get a chance to see the interview I did with the people from C60 Evo, it was just about a week ago, uh, and we detail some of the just incredible results that they were able to achieve in a scientific experiment. It's a peer-reviewed paper. It's been published, and the science is sound. Uh, So there is a tremendous benefits to taking C60 Evo. Carbon 60 is uh, a molecule that uh, does incredible things in your body. So definitely check them out, c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. When you support them, you will be supporting me. Also, uh, my friends over here at MyPillow, Mike Lindell, when you use code RP78, you can save up to 80% off. Uh, you can save on every single product on Mike's website, whether it's the MyPillow, the My Giza Dream Sheets, the bathrobes or the slippers, uh, the mattress topper, everything. When you buy from MyPillow, you will be supporting Red Pill 78 when you use code RP78. And then, of course, my friends at MyPatriot Supply, prepare with RedPill78.com. You can save uh, $200 off a three-month supply of emergency food. Obviously, hurricane happening. This is the perfect time when you want to have emergency food on hand because you don't know if you're going to be able to get to the grocery store. And then also, my friends, at OnenessDrops.com. When you use OnenessDrops.com, you should be using the promo code RP78 to save 15% off your entire order of chlorine dioxide water purification kits. Let me tell you, the powers that be do not want you to have chlorine dioxide on hand because it's something that kills all manner of pathogens. People have had tremendous success using it for all kinds of things. Check out the Universal Antidote or my interview with the creator of the Universal Antidote and definitely, definitely have some chlorine dioxide on hand. So continuing on, Hillary Clinton tweeted out about the other shooter that we had this past week. Of course, everybody knows about the Jacksonville white supremacist shooter. Uh, But the next day, I didn't even get a chance to talk about it yet because we ran out of time. But 
The next day at University of North Carolina, a Chinese PhD student, or he might have been a master's student, he was a Chinese student, he came in and he murdered a professor. I would imagine it was probably somebody maybe who gave him a bad grade or maybe he just didn't like the way that he spoke to him. But Hillary Clinton went on Twitter and started mouthing off about gun control, uh, suggesting that as a result of what this Chinese national did, we here in America should give up our guns. Well, Hillary Clinton has another think coming because the people of Twitter took her to task. Look at this. She said, kids deserve to go to school free of gun violence. Well, yes, they do. And in most cases, schools are gun-free zones, uh, which means that people who have guns, legally or otherwise, understand that it's an excellent place to go if you just want to murder people. It's really unfortunate, but people like Hillary Clinton, the psychopaths uh, who are out there telling us what to do, they know this, uh, and they just simply want to take our guns away. She said shoppers deserve to buy groceries free of gun violence, and on and on. You know why there are so few shootings in a place like Texas? It's because everybody has a gun and everybody knows it. And so people are a lot kinder to each other. Uh, in a place like a school where nobody's allowed to have a gun, some moron knows he can waltz in there and just do the maximum amount of carnage. Dana Loesch replied to Hillary Clinton and said guns have been banned on school property for 30 years. Uh, another user says your body count trumps all of those. Scott Cook says emails deserve to be read and not erased. Philip McGuire says people deserve to interact with you and not end up dead from suicide. Of course, it's not really suicide. Oh, we have a meme here. Uh, the government shooting at literally anything. And of course, we know that if we give up our guns, well, we know the criminals aren't going to give up their guns. And we know that the Fed fraudster criminals are not going to give up their guns either. Then ban liberals from having guns. That should work. Maga Michelle says sticks and hammer 666 says citizens deserve to exist free of government sponsored gun violence. Hey, Shillery, remember Libya? We've talked about Libya on this channel on a number of occasions. We came, we saw, he died. That was Hillary Clinton's response to murdering the leader of another nation and essentially trumbling it into turmoil. They also are responsible for the return of slavery to the African continent. Thank you so much, Hillary, for your support of slavery in Libya. Harrison Crank says the only gun violence that the Clintons condone is suicide via two gunshots to the back of the head. Thank you, Vince Foster. And finally, Jack Lombardi says, before or having to take a potentially deadly vaccine in the name of science that politicians profit from. That's right. They would rather have you dead by their hand, by taking the clot shot, and of course, by the hand of their cronies in the federal government, uh, than they would like for you to be able to protect yourself or your family. All right. Thank you so much uh, for the continued birthday wishes in the chat. I really do appreciate it. So this, to me, was uh, the most important but also uh, one of the least surprising stories. Because when you have a career as long as Joseph Robinette Biden, when you've been a senator from Delaware, which is probably one of the most corrupt states uh, in the nation, I mean, this is like the, the home of corporate greed. 
I'm sure you guys have heard that Delaware is a tax haven, right? Uh, people like Joe Biden made sure that in Delaware, you could incorporate a business and then you could like hide all of the things that you don't want people to know. Uh, that's why you'll see certain companies having uh, the same address as other companies because they all share a P.O. box at the same office or they just have their mail delivered there. But Greg Kelly claims that there is an audio tape that exists. It includes incontrovertible evidence of Joseph Biden's corruption. And as a proper October surprise, it will be released in the coming weeks. It's not going to be by the end of September, but it will definitely be sometime in October. Uh, I tend to think that it will be in the first two weeks of October. We'll have to take a look and see when the primaries uh, in the month of October are. Clearly, they're going to want this information to get out before then. But as I was saying, Joe Biden, someone who's had such a long and illustrious career of being a corrupt criminal mastermind, maybe that's giving him too much credit. We'll just call him the head of a criminal family. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, has his corruption recorded on audio in some format. Certainly, the NSA must have come across a phone call or two, which details Joe Biden's knowledge, at the very least, of his son's overseas business dealings, or perhaps directing his son on exactly how to engage in these corrupt criminal behaviors. Joseph Robinette Biden has this on file somewhere. So I'm very interested to hear where this audio tape arises from. Is this a clandestine recording of a Joe Biden personal phone call? Is it perhaps something that was captured by law enforcement and then buried? And now maybe we have a whistleblower who's releasing it to the public. Is it Joe Biden talking on a hot mic at some event somewhere or is it something else? I don't know. You guys tell me in the chat what you think it might be. But I think regardless, this tape must be made public. The American people deserve to see all evidence of Joe Biden and his corrupt criminal behavior. Like I said in the introduction, I find it difficult to believe that anything else could come out. But if it's Joe Biden, in his own words, detailing a specific political scheme uh, to enrich himself and his criminal family, the enterprise, uh, then that is something that could be used in, say, a racketeering case. Of course, we need him to not be president if he's going to get charged with anything. Uh, real quick, FitzJ02 says, happy birthday, Zach. I'm wishing you many more. I appreciate everything you do. God bless you. Thank you so much. Freight Awakening, good to see you, friend. He says, happy birthday, buddy. Dragon45 says, happy birthday. Thank you for always being you. Keep up the good fight. And PBJ03 says, happy birthday, Zach. Thank you for all you do to keep us updated. God bless. God bless you. Thank you so much for the generous support, you guys. It really, really means a lot. Um, I don't know if Susan is out there listening, but Susan, yesterday while I was on the air, you filed a dispute uh, about your membership on the website. I would love to get this worked out. I emailed you about it. Uh, if anyone out there has any problems or, you know, wants to amend or change or cancel their continuing support through the website, please just don't do a chargeback. Uh, let me know and I will take care of it when I get a chargeback. 
I, I, I am automatically refund the money from that membership to you, but then also they charge me 15 bucks. So it means that somebody else's support of the show is then negated. So Susan, I hope you're listening. You've been supporting me since August of 2021. Uh, and I would love to get this sorted out, uh, so that, uh, we don't have to worry about the chargeback. I just need you to release the chargeback and then everything will be sorted out there. So Uh, Thank you. Thank you again for the generous support, you guys. I really appreciate it. So Joe Biden, as he remains in front of the cameras, I mean, it's just every day a new opportunity for him to do or say something that has an awakening effect. It it, it shows the American public that, uh, number one, he's illegitimate. There's no way he would have ever gotten 81 million votes. Number two, he's shot. Okay. Joe Biden should not be in office because he is mentally and physically decrepit. He is incompetent. We had an interesting scenario that took place when he was speaking before the cameras. Just recently, uh, he made a public statement about the Inflation Reduction Act. He said that it shouldn't have been called the Inflation Reduction Act. And I I tend to agree with him because, uh, of course, the Inflation Reduction Act had nothing to do with reducing inflation. But that's how they got it passed. Uh, This is something that you typically see in politics, in Congress. They will create a bill. They'll name it with, you know, some flowery language, something, oh, you know, that's something I can get behind. But of course, the name has nothing to do with the actual bill. Let's take a listen. Ago, we celebrated the first anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, which in a sense is misnamed. We did lower inflation, but there are many other things in that legislation. Two weeks. Yeah, of course, it's misnamed because they wanted to take advantage of the American people Because, of course, not everybody does their research and they thought that they could just pull one over on the American people in that uh, in that sense. Now, he also had some comments about um, prescription drugs and purchasing them from Canada. Let's go ahead and take a listen to this tidbit here. A drug company that makes a drug here in America, if it's sold in Chicago, you can buy the same drug in Toronto or Paris cheaper than you can buy it in Toronto. I mean, in in Chicago. Okay. All right. So uh, obviously Joe Biden is getting worse day by day. Here's another one. Uh, He claimed that not only was he a civil rights activist, he wasn't. Biden was against the integration of blacks and whites in middle America. Uh, But he also claims to have convinced literally convinced Strom Thurmond to support the Civil Rights Act. That didn't happen either. Let's take a listen. Pause for just a moment. I thought things had changed. I was able to literally, not figuratively, talk Strom Thurmond into voting for the the Civil Rights Act before he died. And I thought, well, maybe there's real progress. But hate never dies. It just hides. It hides under the rocks. Of course, in this speech, Joe Biden is talking about the specter of white supremacist terrorism rising its heads up. Uh, Wasn't Strom Thurmond like a literal member of the Ku Klux Klan? I know that Robert Byrd certainly was, uh, but neither of them were supporters of any types of civil rights. Look, this CanCon says, 
I helped King John write the Magna Carta. That's basically what he's alluding to here. Uh, Allison, who says, happy birthday, Zach. Thank you very much. Freight Awakening says, Lady Patriot sent a rant above that you missed, just FYI, and I definitely missed it. So let me pull up a little bit. Uh, There we go. Lady Patriot 72. Happy birthday, Zach. May God continue to bless and watch over you. I hope you have a fantastic birthday. Thank you so much. And then Filter or uh, Fredo, thank you for cluing me into the fact that I missed that. Uh, Let me know if I I miss any more. You guys are great. So thank you so much, every single person out there. I really, really appreciate it. So thinking about Joe Biden losing his way, losing his place on the teleprompter, uh, having difficulty making coherent statements, putting together uh, verbs, nouns, and prepositions, <laughs> and having something of coherence come out of his mouth. Corinne Jean-Pierre, one of his uh, tweeters, his official Twitter account handler, uh, appeared with Jake Tapper on CNN, and she made a befuddling comment about Joe Biden, I don't know, running circles around the uh, reporters in the White House press pool. Forex.com. We know the that's not one. the case. Let me just turn that down because I don't care about these ads. Yes, thank you so much, you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Biden says the reason the people of Maui cannot return to their properties is due to pollution or toxic waste. Bullpucky. Yes, it is bullpucky. Um, I actually saw a video earlier about uh, that was that was footage from a resident of Lahaina. It was the same one whose house didn't burn down, but the cover on his garage door pad actually melted. It was incinerated. It was a crazy thing. Um, He said that while he was in the area, uh, if he stayed for too long, his skin would begin to itch and burn. And then also I think that there was some irritation in his throat. So uh, while I I think that it's possible, maybe there could be some hazardous uh, health uh, effects taking place there. I think that the sooner they allow people to come in, the sooner they can clean it up and they can get people back in there. I think that really at the end of the day, they don't want anybody coming back into that area. They want to completely raise it and force everybody out. Now, let's say that uh, you you don't you haven't been back there. You, You don't know what's going on with your house. They could quite literally just tell you that your house was a total loss and they could tear everything down. I don't know that they're going to do that, uh, but certainly they are not telling everybody exactly what's really going on. Americans believe that President Biden is too old to be president. The poll looked at 80-year-old President Biden versus 77-year-old Donald Trump. 77% of adults say Biden is too old to be president. 51% of adults say Trump is too old. And if you look at the breakdown by party, Republicans generally don't think of Trump's age as an issue, but both Democrats and Republicans agree Biden is too old. So here's the question. Is the White House worried that questions about President Biden's stamina could ultimately impact whether or not voters will be able to support him for a second term? So I'm going to be careful about 2024. I can't speak to that directly, but... You can talk about the perception of the public with the president's stamina and his age. I'm I'm happy to... See, that, that statement right there leads me to believe that they're already preparing for Joe Biden to not be the candidate in 2024. I mean, he has stated publicly that he's running. I don't think that that's particularly believable. But the fact that Corrine Jean-Pierre won't address it specifically, that leads me to believe that the people behind the scenes are already making plans for somebody else to step in.
Okay. And I get asked that question a lot. Here's the thing. You know, what this president brings to this administration is wisdom and experience. And you and that is just true <laughs> with as senator, as vice president and now as president. She's pissing on our heads and telling us that it's raining. And we just talked about we had a really and I appreciate the conversation that we had on Medicare, the, the 10, the first 10 tranche of, uh, of, of uh, prescription drugs that we just introduced because of the Inflation Reduction Act. And that is the thing that the president is able to do is deliver really deliver what deliver suffering deliver a bad economy uh deliver nothing that's any good as far as i can tell or historic pieces of legislation change the lives of americans for generations to come and that is what we focus on the president's record and what he's been able to do look People have come after the president about his age. They did it in 2019. They did it in 2020, leading into the general election. And they, they did it in 2022. And guess what? He beats them every time because really? he has his finger on the pulse on what it is that the American people need. <laughs> he talks about issues that really matter to the American people. And he is delivering. Is there more work to be done? There's always more work to be done. But we are happy to take that on. Certainly not going to talk about 2024. But I, what I can speak to is what the president has been able to deliver day after day for the American people. Okay. Uh, let me just say this. In order to be in Corinne Jean-Pierre's position, you have to be like so supremely disconnected from reality to be able to watch as those words come out of your mouth, defending a single action statement or, uh, you know, whatever from Joe Biden. Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's got to go home at night and have a really difficult time sleeping. And if she doesn't, She's clearly a, a sociopath. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that anybody believes what she's saying. And certainly Jake Tapper doesn't believe it either. Uh, when she suggests that Joe Biden is running circles around the White House press corps, uh, that's just simply not true. I mean, Joe Biden barely interacts with the White House press corps, and he also barely interacts with reporters. Uh, certainly, it took him weeks to even comment on the tragedy of Lahaina, on the, the fires that were ravaging Hawaii. He had nothing to say. He was on vacation for like nine of those days. He couldn't be bothered. The American people see Joe Biden and they see a crooked career politician who cares about himself, his family, and wants to use the power of the U.S. judicial system to take down the one man, the one man who ever in my lifetime did something of significance to beat back these criminals that have been running this country for the entire time I've been alive. Yes, I was born during the Reagan administration, but they tried to kill him first thing. They tried to assassinate him, and he basically had to go along with whatever they were doing. They let him do some good stuff. But I don't think that they allowed him to do anything close to what he was intending to do. Uh, thank you very much to TZ Burton. He says, happy birthday, Zach. I love the show and appreciate everything you do, especially the Friday and Saturday shows. Uh, and Allison, I think I said happy birthday. Yes, I did. Thank you, Allison. Uh, well, thank you very much, TZ Burton. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you like the program. I'm glad that you uh, enjoy hanging out with us here. Certainly, this is the most gratifying thing I could possibly imagine doing. And I, I, I love that I'm able to do it uh, with you all right here. So we do have a brand new update 
on the situation with GBI strategies in Michigan. It's been about a week or two, I think, since we've learned any new information. There was actually a story or two that came out yesterday, uh, which corroborated the information from that initial reporting. Turns out that the Michigan State Police actually went on a door-knocking operation and determined that thousands— Thousands upon thousands of those voter registration forms that were dropped off by the operatives from GBI Strategies were completely fraudulent. This was not simply an issue of a, you know, a, a, an elections worker, an outreach woman coming in and dropping off a, a whole stack of voter registration cards that just some of them happened to be fraudulent. The vast majority of them were for people who simply didn't exist. So, now we have new information which suggests from the Muskegon Police Department that GBI Strategies was hired by a company by the name of Empower Michigan. Now, Empower Michigan is notable because they share an address with the Michigan Democrat Party. That's right. All roads, all corrupt roads lead directly to the Democrat Party. So, Back in the beginning of August, August 8th, we were able to determine that there was a major fraudulent voter registration operation that had been taking place in Michigan. And based upon my research into GBI strategies, it's likely that they were working in all of the swing states where we saw problems like we did in Michigan. So the investigation, it was uh, involved with the Muskegon police, the Michigan State Police, uh, the FBI got involved. We had the Michigan Secretary of State's office. We had the Attorney General's office. I mean, everybody who was anybody in Michigan law enforcement or uh, 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 federal law enforcement was involved. That includes Dana Nessel. That includes Jocelyn Benson. This investigation should have made national headlines. But of course, because those two women in the highest positions of law enforcement in the state of Michigan are George Soros appointees, uh, they decided to completely bury this investigation. And since that time, uh, Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nessel have seen fit to make sure that the people who questioned the election in Michigan have now been charged with certain criminal acts. So the Detroit News actually did a bit of reporting on this, and they pretty much tried to make it sound like this was a big nothing burger. They didn't really get into it at all. Because, of course, the Detroit News is also owned and operated by the Democrat Party at the end of the day. Uh, they tried to debunk the actual police report from the Michigan State Police. Uh, and uh, the the probe included uh, insight from the FBI as well. Uh, and they called the Gateway Pundit a conspiracy website, which couldn't be further from the truth. So Phil O'Halloran of uh, Michigan District 9 uh, and the director of election integrity for the Michigan GOP are the ones who were able to discover this police report and bring it forward. Uh, Katrina WB says, happy birthday, Zach. Thank you very much. So the Detroit News, uh, uh, their reporter that reported on this is Craig Mauger. Uh, he published uh, what looked a little bit more like a press release uh, that Dana Nessel's office had written rather than a serious in-depth report. I would have to imagine that we here on Red Pill News did more work to get to the bottom of what happened in the 2020 election than Craig did. Um, 
But uh, this is the response to the Gateway Pundits article. The city clerk in Muskegon detected the fraudulent material provided and alerted the proper authorities, Wimmer said in a statement. A thorough investigation was conducted by multiple agencies within the state, and no successful fraud was perpetrated upon the state's election process or qualified voter file. The unresolved probe, which first became public in October 2020, has garnered new attention among conservative-leaning websites in recent days after the Gateway Pundit highlighted police reports about investigators' efforts. The conservative website, which has advanced false and unproven theories in the past about voter fraud influencing Democrat Joe Biden's victory, wrote in its headline for the story, Now We Have Proof. Maybe that's because it was an accurate description. Uh, On Friday, FBI Special Agent Mara Schneider declined to comment on the election investigation, and Wimmer didn't immediately respond to a question about when the federal, the referral was made to federal authorities. Now, if Craig would have actually read the Michigan State Police report that was published in the Gateway Pundit's article— He neglected to publish it in his own. Uh, He wouldn't have needed to ask A.G. Nessel or her spokesperson about when the FBI took over the investigation because, spoiler alert, it's in the report. They took over the investigation in May of 2021. Uh, Mauger continues, Wimmer said state officials decided to refer the matter to the FBI because of its national jurisdiction. Well, the FBI took over the investigation because the activities of GBI strategies expanded to a number of other swing states, as I reported here on this channel. It wasn't simply the corrupt state of Michigan. It was a number of other states where the exact same type of voter and election fraud was taking place. Uh, He also writes, detected in this search were pay cards, prepay style cell phones, those were the burner phones, and voter registration forms all determined to be normal operational devices in GBI Strategies' line of work. Uh, We, (laughs) what about the firearms? Also found during the search were several firearms, with prompted a response from the federal agents of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. I don't know if I've ever heard about the ATF getting called in and uh, and and them allowing people to keep their guns in that way. Usually the ATF shows up when they're going to be confiscating all of your Second Amendment materials. Several firearms, it was a little bit more than several firearms. And if you'll remember, they also had silencers attached to them. Uh, they must have missed the part of the police report where they said that these were, of course, semi-automatic rifles with silencers. Uh, how in the world are semi-automatic, rifle, semi-automatic rifles with silencers a normal part of business for an election outreach agency known as GBI Strategies? Nobody has ever attempted to explain that. We also know from the police report uh, that they believe the cache of guns found in the voter registration room with all those pre-filled out election registration cards, also along with all those non-traceable forms of payment, also along with the burner phones and, of course, the iPads, uh, which had a universal password, according to a suspect in the Michigan police report. We now have a FOIA request uh, from the Michigan GOP election integrity investigator, Braden Jacobizi. And according to that that Freedom of Information Act request, there was a suspect who was interviewed at length 
by the Muskegon Police Department. Uh, apparently, the iPads used by GB Strategies workers uh, were used to store the voter identification information so that they could then be accessed at a later time. So the guns, the silencers, the prepaid, um, untraceable cash cards, the boner, burner phones, which would allow people to communicate without having any sort of uh, trace on their communications, all of those things found at GBI Strategies, that's totally normal. Let me just posit something for you. If there was a right-leaning election integrity organization that had an office uh, in a nondescript closed optometrist with no external signage suggesting that they were an election outreach company and the Michigan State Police came into the premises and found burner phones, uh, untraceable green dot cards, uh, semi-automatic rifles with silencers. It, it would be all over front page of every single newspaper and talking heads program on mainstream media all over the nation. Uh, this, to me, seems to be a major, major red flag. Uh, so <laughs> uh, one of the categories in uh, this uh, report uh, showed hot topics these were the aspects of this investigation that were apparently of the most concern. Uh, weapons in the field prepared for shifts. So binders containing employee information, completed van manifests, and completed, partially completed voter registration forms were all found in this room. In addition to the shelving, the room had a long table in the middle with several chairs, and some of the partially completed voter registration applications with sticky notes were found on this table. Looks like they would get together, they would fill out all of these thousands of voter registration cards, and then they would give them to the GBI Strategies employees who would then farm them out to different election offices all around the state. Detectives then also found the Pelican cases, which had the semi-automatic rifles uh, with silencers connected to them and optics. So these were customized pistols uh, of some type. Uh, clearly, there is uh, a large amount of money that goes into that. Yeah, you can get uh, an AR pistol for, I don't know, maybe like, you know, like 500 bucks or something. It's not going to be a very nice one. But optics, mm, you know, I mean, depending on how good it is, it could be, you know, $1,000, There is a, a lot that can go into making a, uh, a rifle or a pistol customized uh, in whatever flavor you want. I would have to imagine that since the Democrats were paying, they probably had the nicest stuff available. Silencer at a minimum, $1,000. So uh, these weapons were the property of an owner whose name is redacted, uh, and they found also a binder in the room which contained valid tax stamps for the suppressors, uh, receipts for some of the accessories, uh, the trust paperwork, uh, which showed the proper ownership of these rifles. Uh, and then, of course, all other documentation, which was then handed over to the ATF. Uh, the, whip, the weapons were field tested for being fully automatic, examined, and found to be legal. These are not just regular semi-automatic weapons. They were field tested for being fully automatic. Uh, one case had four rifles and four pistols. The other case had one rifle and a second weapon appeared to be a short-barreled rifle, but qualified as a pistol with a folding stock. Of course, now because of the ATF, it would count as a short-barreled rifle. One of the whiteboards had several note notes on it. 
and that included hot topics, weapons in the field prepared for shifts. So let me just repeat that. The weapons in the field note was a whiteboard prepared by the employees of GBI Strategies telling them to have their weapons with them when they were deployed in the field. This sounds less like voter outreach and more like mercenary work. Uh, They uh, clearly were doing something very, very nefarious. So they also had T-shirts which read Empower Michigan on them. Uh, When they did this FOIA request recently, uh, that's when they learned that there was this link between Empower Michigan and GBI strategies. Um, There is an additional redacted portion of the Muskegon Police Report, uh, which includes uh, an an investigator uh, questioning a suspect who had been hired by GBI Strategies while they lived in Atlanta, Georgia. So that proves that GBI was also active down in Georgia. And according to the statement that she made with Detective Lurker, uh, she suggested that the job listing found online was from the Job Search White website. Indeed, we were able to verify that as well. And when GBI Strategies hired her, they gave her four hours to pack her belongings and move to Michigan, where she was then assigned to an Empower Michigan project in Flint, Michigan. Uh, After investigating the organization known as Empower Michigan LLC, that's when the Michigan State Police ruled them out as being tied to GBI Strategies. But How could they be ruled out of of being tied to GBI Strategies when GBI Strategies employees were placed directly on their projects? Uh, Empower Michigan, again, is using the same Michigan Department of Licensing and Regulatory Affairs. It's known as LARA. Uh, the, the same location as the uh, the Democrats there in Michigan. Uh, their stated purpose is community enhancement and charitable activities, which, as we all know, you need a short-barreled rifle with a suppressor to be able to fully engage in. Uh, <laughs> I just can't even believe it. So the uh, uh, the Empower Michigan office in Lansing was located, uh, and uh, they appear to be basically doing the same thing that GBI Strategies was doing. Uh, they're bringing people in, they're filling them up with uh, the uh, uh, their their computers, their iPads. They're giving them a burner phone, and then they're also giving them these cash cards. Uh, so. When you visit EmpowerMichigan.org, you can also enter in 10 friends to refer that need jobs. And then once you submit it, uh, you'll be given a code to go ahead and punch in on your mobile device. And then they'll send you a text message, which you can then send out to your 10 friends. And then uh, once you do that, they're going to give you $25 gift cards, which then, of course, you can use for whatever. Uh, This is actually the DNC headquarters in Lansing. I am familiar with this home. I have seen it. It is very notable. It's it's a heritage, historic building in Lansing. Uh, And of course, it also happens to be the exact same address where Empower Michigan is located. This is not a big building. If this was an office building in downtown Lansing, it might not be that significant. But in a, 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 a converted mansion like this, you've got probably room for maybe three businesses in there. Certainly, you've got two floors. Uh, Maybe you might have an attic for storage. 
But the DNC would probably fill up that whole bottom floor, and then Empower Michigan would fill up the top floor. This is 606 Townsend Street, and uh, yeah, this is right by Lansing Community College. I know exactly where this is. So at the end of the day, I think it's clear that there is some type of nefarious conspiracy taking place in the state of Michigan, GBI strategies, running some mercenary operations, getting paid by the DNC through their funnel company, Empower Michigan. And uh, I just, uh, I think that we need to keep the pressure up on this. Uh, We need to make sure that people are aware Uh, that uh, these tactics are being used. Keep an eye out, especially in your states, to see if GBI Strategies is is continuing to operate there. Uh, The list goes on and on, but the evidence is uh, so spectacularly clear. GBI, um, it's not, doesn't stand for Georgia Bureau of Investigation. It was um, something else. I had actually found that. Modern day brown shirts, Antifa core members, not the street cannon fodder. Uh, please stop. Wh- who's who's messing? Oh no, Rumble's messing with my birthday stream. No way. Well, happy birthday, everybody. Hey, you guys, can I ask you a favor? Would you do me a favor and help me out by creating emotes of uh, me on this show? I want to upload them to Rumble. You can do, I don't know, different aspects of, uh, of, of my show or my screen or, you know, me doing funny stuff. If I do funny stuff, uh, there was a, a video that was posted uh, by uh, people over on ooh, the foxhole at pill.net very recently. And uh, I saved that. I'm actually going to upload that. Um, but if you would help me out, that would be really, really awesome because I'd like to get those things uh, loaded in there and then people can uh, can post them in the chat. All right. So we have new information also about the possible impeachment of president or resident Joe Biden. Uh, McCarthy has kind of been doing this song and dance, uh, you know, moving around the idea of impeachment, but not really committing to it. Uh, And now it appears that uh, he's looking at bringing an impeachment inquiry without a House vote uh, because there are several Republicans who are not convinced of Joe Biden's uh, corruption. I find that difficult to believe. Uh, But there is a need for 218 votes to initiate Joe Biden's impeachment inquiry. Uh, There is only a majority of 222 Republicans in the House, and there's also a vacancy. So you're going to need to get perhaps some help from the other side of the aisle because undoubtedly you're going to have Republicans, some of them who just don't want Joe Biden to be impeached. I've said this on so many occasions. I think that the psychological impact of an impeachment would be uh, good for America. Certainly it would help um, show the crimes of Joe Biden versus uh, what's been done to President Trump. He was impeached twice. He never did anything wrong. Joe Biden, on the other hand, has been running a criminal enterprise uh, for the entirety of his time in public office. Uh, And it looks like we have another uh, individual in public office who was just charged with felony vote fraud. Uh, He allegedly voted in a district where he does not live. He is in Alabama. Uh, He is also a Republican state representative. His name is David Cole of Huntsville. And he was arrested after it was alleged that he voted someplace where he didn't live. Now, 
After his arrest, the House Speaker of Alabama's State House, Nathaniel Ledbetter, issued a statement saying, in recent years, the Alabama House has prioritized legislation that promotes election integrity. And we believe that any allegation of fraud must be addressed regardless of the party, public official, or candidate involved. I agree. I agree. It's sad that a Republican ended up being the one who's getting charged for this. Uh, But previously, another libertarian candidate, Elijah Boyd, filed an election challenge in civil court against David Cole, claiming that Cole lives outside of Alabama District 10. Uh, So per the Associated Press, uh, he was charged on Tuesday with felony voter fraud charges. Uh, David Cole was arrested uh, because apparently he doesn't live in the area where he voted. The sad thing about this is that he is a doctor. He's an Army veteran. He was just elected to the House of Representatives last year. Uh, Voter fraud in Alabama is a Class C felony. It's punishable by up to 10 years in prison. And the Alabama Attorney General's office is going to be the one prosecuting Cole. Um, He has been released from jail on a $2,500 bond, and he has not commented on the charges brought against him. For me, this is such an easy crime to not commit. If you don't live in a district, you cannot cast a ballot in that district. But what I would like to see is people on the left also being charged with this. Clearly, we have ample evidence of voter and election fraud all over America. And all we need are prosecutors, sheriffs with the will to see these people brought to justice. Clearly, if it was up to us, There would be no crime, right? We would take care of those people in one fell swoop. We wouldn't have to worry about chasing them down and watching them get elected. It's sad. It's so sad. This is a Republican, but he broke the law. And uh, in this instance, I think this is something that we must follow up on. Uh, Good news coming out of a terrible, terrible situation. Um, There was a young girl. uh, She was pressured by her school district to change her gender. This is in California. This little girl was 11 years old. She was pushed into the world of transgenderism uh, by her school officials. Now, her mother had issue with that. She sued them uh, after her daughter had been socially transitioned to become a boy. Uh, Her name is Jessica Conan. Uh, Her 11-year-old daughter, Alicia, was pressured to become a sex change recipient. And thank God uh, this has been a landmark victory for parental rights. It's shocking it's coming from California, but the mother was able to successfully sue for $100,000. She found out that her daughter was using the boy's restroom. She was using male pronouns and even more. So she has since decided to re-identify as a girl, which is wonderful. Uh, And uh, the mother, who is a single mother, has vowed to keep fighting for parental rights after the settlement, which she was represented by the Center for American Liberty. My hat's off to them. Great. Uh, These teachers, these administrators, they need to know their place. They need to stay out of the family lives of the children who go to those schools. Parents should be able to trust that the teachers and administrators in these institutions of learning have the best interest of these children at heart. But the very, very sad fact is that too often they don't. If you have the ability to homeschool your children, I urge you to go ahead and do it. 
You might remember that woman that I had on uh, maybe about a year ago now. She uh, had organized uh, that unschooling program with uh, other children. You know, uh, we were in a much better position as a country when children were at home with their parents, when they learned a trade or a craft, uh, and uh, when they, they were positioned for the world based upon the values of their parents. Unfortunately, today, that simply is just not possible in so many areas. Sunstone815 says, happy 45th birthday, Zach. I've been a fan since 2020. Uh, Since I'm old enough to be your mom, I just want to let you know that she must be very proud of you. You're a very brilliant man. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I sincerely appreciate it. And yes, I believe my mother is proud. I haven't seen her in the chat, so I don't know if she's here. But mom, I love you. Thank you very much for giving birth to me. If it wasn't for you, I certainly would not be here. All right, so this is also a case that uh, could bring some justice to many. We have a former Morgan Stanley executive. Uh, He's brought suit against this powerful financial world company uh, because he claims that he was fired for being white. And wouldn't you know it, he was replaced with a black woman who had significantly less experience. But the important thing is representation, right? Well, Morgan Stanley is now being sued as a result of racial discrimination. Uh, And this lawsuit was just filed in federal court on Tuesday uh, in the Southern District of New York. It alleges that Kevin Myersberg was fired by Morgan Stanley's head of executive and brokerage solutions and then replaced with a black woman who had no experience in his very niche field. And it was all done to meet DEI requirements and targets. This is an example of DEI run amok, said Myersberg's attorney. Race cannot be a factor in employment decisions, period, full stop. Now, he joined Morgan Stanley in 2020 after E-Trade was acquired by Morgan Stanley. He's got an impressive track record. He's been in the field for more than 25 years. He has a lot of experience in wealth management, and his team was outperforming other groups at the firm despite an unstable economy. And yet Morgan Stanley got the brilliant idea to fire him and put a black woman in his place. Now, I have no problem if they want to fill a position with a black woman. That should have nothing to do with it. But in the world of finance, you want somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. And you can't just put somebody in there because they check a couple of boxes. Okay, woman, check. Black, check. Is she also gay? Even better. Let's get her in there. Oh, gosh. All right, you guys. <clears throat> uh, let me go through the final thank yous over here on pilled.net. Um Thank you to some drunk Texan for that cookie. Carenza says we dodged a bullet on that gas from Sitco. You have to see the hurricane dates. We saw that one. Carenza, the road is completely destroyed. Porpoiseful says happy birthday, Zach. Thank you for all you do. Uh, JBTN01, thank you for the cookie. Special Patriot 72, thank you for the shades. Mickey says thank you for great shows, Zach. Filterdog1 says let's push over 10,000 for the hardest working guy out there. Thank you very, very much, buddy. Lynn's over it says happy birthday filter dog one thank you for the cookie Lynn as well rise attire says happy birthday big dog we love us some red pill 78 here at rise keep doing what you do you are the best homie thank you so much make sure that you support rise attire they have some incredible incredible 
clothing from a, a wide array a wide array of incredible patriots and they are 100% US based it is a small business and when you support them you are supporting the community Lynn's over it thank you very much she says from knock my socks off thank you very much knock my socks off filter dog 1 thank you as well uh, incorruptible guardian dropped a cookie filter dog 1 says in honor of the lurkers NX17 uh, dropped a cookie and said, happy birthday to our beloved RP. Much love. J2 Dank uh, says, uh, happy birthday, Zach. Uh, happy birthday, RP78. Uh, Filter Dog One says, Nikki sends you happy birthday, love. Thank you, Nikki. Lynn's over it says, cheers from the fam. Filter Dog One says, good time to remind Crumble about Pilled.net. That's right, Pilled.net. It is a free speech platform, and we have tons of incredible patriots who use it exclusively. Uh, let's see. M the Painter says, happy birthday, Zach. Thank you very much. Sean Joe dropped one, two, three, four, five cookies. Thank you so much. And then also Esther G13 over on Rumble says, happy birthday, Zach. Love you lots. God bless you. And I think that is it. I haven't missed anything. Okay. All right, you guys. Well, I want to say thank you very much for being here. I think that Lisa and I are going to go get some dinner now. It's always a pleasure every time we get a chance to hang out, and we do that every Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, I will be back on base on Badlands Media with Brad on Altered State at 9 p.m., so I hope to see you then. Good luck, everyone. Oh, uh, NJTRMom1776 also said happy birthday. Thank you so much. Um... Uh, dar uh, I don't have this shirt in orange, but I do have a shirt in orange that I plan to wear tomorrow. So until that time, good luck. God bless. We'll see you guys tonight.